Hey, how are you? It's Mary Bicknell. Welcome to Lead a Life Uncommon, where every Monday you're going to get a little biz bite to start your week off right. And then every Wednesday, we're going to deep dive into all things personal growth, where my goal is to help you have an aha every single week. You know, this podcast is for you, for the woman who's the go-getter, who knows there's more inside. And you know what? You're ready to smash through that self-imposed glass ceiling so you can finally see what you're made of. Ready? Let's go. Hey, how are you today? If you're listening to this when the podcast came out, it's Wednesday. If you're listening to it on another day, hey, doesn't really matter what day you're listening to it. Today's topic is the third part series in the series on boundaries. So the first one we did was about professional boundaries. Part two was about relational boundaries. And today, my friends, oh, we're going to talk about your personal boundaries. So if we're talking about boundaries, how are these different? Well, first of all, listen to the other episodes. Today, though, your personal boundary is how do you treat yourself? How do you sustain trust for yourself? How do you not let yourself down? How do you let go of self-betrayal and self-abandonment? How can you create discipline, which really the word discipline If we look at that word, I want you to be really clear that the definition is um, to train by instruction, to exercise, to bring to a state of order and obedience and training. Why is that important? Well, this is about, you know, making sure that you are obedient to the things that you want for yourself. And here's a little aha moment. Pay attention. What happens frequently is even saying discipline or, um, you know, um, being obedient. You have pushback friends today. I want you to get this. A lot of times when you don't follow through and you overstep your own personal boundaries, meaning you let yourself down, It's because you have an issue around authority. Now, most of us do. Most of us don't like to be told what to do. So here's the mind bender. So pay attention. This is so good. So good. Okay. Think about this. You in your head are saying, hey, what you need to do is get up at five, go work out, make a million calls, whatever the thing is that you want to do. You want to lose 20 pounds. You want to end your marriage. You want to build a million dollar, a $10 million, a hundred million dollar, whatever business. And yet you're telling you what to do. I have found that sometimes clients have in a sense rebelled. Now, what does even rebelling look like? It looks like self-sabotage. You've heard that. It looks like increased doubt. You've let yourself down. Okay. What does that have to do with your personal boundaries? Well, if you cross your personal boundaries, you're not going to meet the goals and desires that you want. And if you are sabotaging yourself because you are rebelling against authority, which is your internal authority, it's a recipe for disaster. So let me just ask you the question again. I really want you to hear it because I know that when I talk about this with clients, sometimes they're just like, whoa, what? Yes. Let's say this again. Ready? Have you ever had a moment in your life where you pushed back when someone was telling you what to do? 
I'm pausing because I'm just imagining thousands and thousands and thousands of you going, oh my God, that's me, Mary. Me too. I don't like to be told what to do. None of us like to be told what to do. Even when we're like, hey, can you help me? Can you tell me what to do? And somebody's like, what you need to do is there's an internal moment there. So if you are telling yourself what to do in a manner, speaking to yourself, if you will, in a manner that triggers your resistance to authority, you will sabotage yourself. And therefore you will run right over your own internal personal boundaries. So the reality is, is when we think about personal boundaries, we're establishing these guidelines, right? These parameters for what we want to do for ourselves. And remember, I want to remind you that your brain is designed for resistance. Your brain does not like change. Here's the good news. Once you become more masterful around this, and you start recognizing like, oh my God, I think I'm going to sabotage myself. That's a moment. If you, sometimes we see this in hindsight, right? We're like hindsight's 2020. Oh my God, look what I did again. I ate those cookies. I did da, 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 whatever it is. And yet that's also brilliant when you can start at least from hindsight more quickly, recognizing your behavioral patterns to self-sabotage or, and, or to resistance, you become more empowered. And then you can start looking at things with curiosity, like, oh my God, every time X, Y, and Z comes up, I give pushback. So for example, you're lying in bed and you really need to get up so that you can go work out. So you can feel like a badass through the whole rest of the day and feel strong and powerful and really anchored into and centered and connected with your body and what you're lying in bed. And there's this resistance. And you feel that resistance, acknowledge it. Like I am really resisting getting up. Just the fact of you acknowledging it changes things. It changes the dynamic. I want you to imagine saying to yourself, stop. What's happening? Oh, there you are resistance. And then moving through that. It's the same with everything when you're doing a goal, whether it's working out or whether it's going live or building a podcast or building a business or getting married or, you know, whatever, calling the freaking like um, somebody to come fix the dryer. And you're like, oh, God, I'm going to be on hold forever. Where do you have these resistance when you're supposed to, and I'm air quoting, supposed to do something? How do you give you, are you being in resistance to yourself? Are you being in resistance to yourself? So when you're in resistance and you, and you then don't follow through on what you say you're going to do for yourself, you break your trust. You break your trust. And when you break your trust, you self-abandon. And when you self-abandon, really you're rejecting the things that you want, you're, you're suppressing your needs, wants, and desires. You're truly pushing away a critical part of who you are. So let me give you some concrete examples so you can identify, huh? Is that me? Did I do that? Is that, is that, is that me? I have, um, several examples of self-abandonment, but I bet you, if you take a moment, you probably can, um, come up with some for yourself. You know, I think about the times that I've like, so for those of you who don't really know me, I am a success and leadership mentor. I've been a business consultant 
but my background is um, in the clinical world in psychotherapy, but also, you know, here's the bottom line. I've also been a, an entrepreneur since I was like 18. I've been in sales, all the things. And I'm also at the time of this recording, 17 and a half years sober from drinking. Talk about a moment of self-abandonment. Those times when I drank and I really did that because I was hiding. I was hiding the part of myself that wanted more. And this is why I have this amazing podcast and this amazing community. And hello, and I'm so glad you're here to help inspire you and motivate you and give you a little kick in the ass to lead a life uncommon. You know, those days that I was drinking, I just let myself down so badly. And even though I know I was drinking out of my own pain and my own fear around showing up and being big and being bold and being amazing and saying, yeah, I know what the hell I want. I know what I'm talking about. And like, screw it. This is what, who I am world. It was terrifying. It was terrifying. And I felt so angry at myself for so long about the drinking. Now I have a history of childhood trauma. So of course, you know, somebody and the therapist in me can be like, well, you know, you drank because of the, you know, poor coping skills, all the things. And while that's true, there was an also the part of me that knew what I was doing. This is what I'm talking about when we talk about self-abandonment and destroying our trust. It's like when you know the very thing you're doing is not taking you into the direction, to in the direction, not into, in the direction of your dreams, desires, and goals. And you repetitively, it's really becomes over and over and over and over again. That's where that, for me personally, where the anger came in at myself. And I mean, shit, it takes a lot of work. I'm not, you know, this is why I'm here. I want to give you tactics and tools and how to's and exercises and let you know you're not alone when I'm sharing my stories and clients' stories and other women's stories that we've all done this. And whether that's eating too much or drinking too much or staying in a crappy marriage when you know it's crappy, God, okay. Like I just feel like I have a laundry list. So also I was married before and I knew when I was standing at the altar, really it was at the courthouse that this marriage probably is not going to last forever. Why? I was like um, 24. He was 39. I mean, probably not going to last forever. And yet also I was afraid to say no. I was afraid to not do it. I was afraid to, you know, I didn't trust myself. I was 24. I was young. I was, you know, all the things. I can think of so many times in my life that I consciously sabotage myself. So here's another piece of this personal boundary strangeness where we, um, we consciously sabotage ourselves. We consciously do it. And then there's times where we are un, our unconscious, our subconscious is running the show. So for example, and I, I really want to point, do a distinction on this, and I will do some other podcasts all around your unconscious mind, your subconscious mind, like all the things, because I really want you to understand this. And actually, this is a huge piece of the training for the program Lead a Life Uncommon. 
that it will be coming to you soon, depending on when you're listening to this, if you're listening to this in real time. But the difference between conscious sabotage and unconscious sabotage, self-sabotage. So when you are consciously doing something and, and you have the moment of clarity in the act or even before the act of, I should not be doing this and you do it anyhow, that's self-abandonment. That's eroding your trust. That is crossing your own personal boundary. Sometimes our subconscious mind is running the show and we unconsciously get into a behavior that we can only recognize after the event, right? This is that hindsight is 2020. Here's one of the tasks I'm assigning you. I want you to start looking at your patterns of behavior and thought and ask yourself, like, look back over your life right now and the things that you did to erode your self-trust the times you've crossed your own personal boundaries, ask yourself, did you know ahead of time? And even though this might be a painful exercise, it's also a liberating exercise because when you can start identifying, why did you do this ahead of time? Why did you follow through on that self-sabotaging behavior knowing there's so much goodness there, you guys. Let me give you a concrete example. There were times where I consciously chose to drink, even though I knew it was a bad idea because I was like, there was times that I was around other people and I wanted to fit in and I wanted to be part of something and I didn't want to feel alone. That was actually one of the ways that once I started recognizing that that like the drinking buddies, if you will, it scared me to think, oh my God, I'm going to be giving up my drinking buddies. The same thing is if you have like pizza movie night with your girlfriends and you're sucking down some beer and eating pizza. Oh my God. You know, they're going to be like, this is literally what happened when I stopped drinking. I stopped going out. And so I was by myself a lot. And I had these girls that I used to go out after work. And I clearly remember like before I officially quit, it was, um, it was January and I quit and I was fine until, um, St. Patrick's Day. And I went out on St. Patrick's Day with my friends. And by the way, I had quit smoking as well. And um, we went out on St. Patrick's Day and it was like, whatever, three months later, right? That's March. So I thought, ah, three months, I got it under my belt and there's no problem here. And I was like at this bar, I still remember this bar. And you guys, this is like how many years? 17 and a half years, but I still remember this bar. This is why this is so monumental, how these memories really stay with you. Anyhow, I remember I was like, hey, can I bum a cigarette? It's not that big of a deal. I think I'm just going to smoke when I'm around people. And I was never a huge smoker anyhow. And then I said, oh, this isn't so bad. I think I could probably handle just one beer. And the girl that used to go out with me all the time, this is what she said. Yay, Mary's back. It's hard to quit drinking when people are like, yay, Mary's back. And then I ended up quitting May 7th, 17 years ago. So of 2004, um, ultimately, because of course, you know, like after St. Patrick's Day, it was like a shit show of drinking. So there was that conscious moment of like, oh, I want to be a part of things. So again, your task is think back to your behaviors. When did you consciously self-abandon? When did you actually say, I should not be doing this, but I'm going to do it anyhow. And you had to examine the consequences. Okay. So that is one of the, one of the things, here's some examples of other self-abandonment besides drinking, smoking, pot, you know, like sex, drugs, and rock and roll, like right there, all of things, right? Okay. Here's another one, not trusting your instincts. I didn't trust my instincts, my intuition 
this is crazy. I know, but I'm going to tell you what it is. It's like, I didn't trust my intuition with this dentist. I couldn't stand the dentist. He was this really huge guy. So he was always like, his arm was like always laying on me. Anyhow, he ended up trigger warning here, breaking a tooth off in my mouth. And the day I was going to him, there was such an internal don't go. I legit remember standing in the kitchen. I had my hand on the um, edge of the counter and it was just like everything in me, Mary, don't go, don't go. And I was like, oh, I need to get this fixed. I need to get this fixed. I went and then it was a shit show for years. You know, I, I ended up getting a fake tooth put in and all the things, but it was about not trusting myself. How many times have you done that? And sometimes self, like not trusting your instincts also look like this, ready? Like doubting, overthinking, like worry, 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 and then chewing on this. Like, have you, are you familiar with the word of ruminating? It's really like, you're just chewing on something over and over and over and over and over and over again. Okay. It's hard to trust yourself when you just chew on something over and over again. Um, crossing personal boundaries. What about like, I know a lot of people are like, I'm just a perfectionist or I'm, I'm just a procrastinator. Both of those things set you up for failure. Both of those things, being a perfectionist and like you purposefully, well, it may be not purposeful. Okay. Here, let me back up. It may be unconscious. So if you have this, um, if you've ever said to yourself, like, I'm just a perfectionist, it's an unconscious way of setting unrealistic expectations for yourself so that frankly, you never really push to the goal, right? The same with procrastination. Procrastination is just a, is BS. Like I always put off and da, 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 da. Procrastination is truly exactly what I said on the top of this um, episode about the authority saying you have to do X, Y, and Z by a certain date. And a lot of times with procrastination, people push this back and they push against themselves. We're going to do another whole podcast though on perfectionism and procrastination because I have a couple spins for you to help shift your paradigm around perfectionism and procrastination. Okay. Here's some other ways that you really betray your trust. You cross your own personal boundaries. And that is being the worst damn critic to yourself, my friends. Stop it. Your self-judgment is really harmful. You beat yourself up. You say the worst damn things. Oh, in the Lead a Life Uncommon program, I have a method for turning this around almost instantly for you. We're going to talk about that another day, but being able to turn this bashing yourself around where else do you deny your, uh, where else do you cross your personal boundaries? You deny your feelings, your emotions, you, um, be, and, and that's partly in that self-judgment area. What would it be like for you to be able to learn to trust yourself, learn to never abandon yourself again, learn to give yourself grace and compassion and allow yourself to follow through on things, eliminate procrastination, decide perfectionism is purely a distraction technique because you're afraid. I'm going to give you 10 ways to set up some personal boundaries and be disciplined. So you can really feel proud of yourself. Okay. All right, here we go. Number one, allow yourself to want what you want unapologetically. Allow yourself to be uncommon. 
I know when you were a little girl, you didn't grow up saying, I just want to be average. I want to be mediocre. I want to settle and I want to be common. No, it's just like when I was afraid to stop drinking, I, I, I thought, oh my God, I'm going to be like, have you ever felt like you're like an outsider? Guess what? Maybe if you're listening to this, you are an outsider at least for the group you're amongst right now. But there's a whole group of us way over here that we're not outsiders. We're actually together. You maybe just haven't found your, your tribe yet, your community, your society, your, your, your peeps, but they're here, right here. Number two, refuse to allow other people to influence you against what you desire and what you deserve. You must be vigilant about who you surround yourself with. Remember, what are they saying? Don't let their mediocre input influence you. Number three, get specific. Stop winging it. So you want to have personal boundaries. Ask yourself, are you against yourself about authority? And then get really specific, lay out a plan, set goals for yourself and start with tiny, tiny baby steps. See, when you start with baby steps, you build trust. Now, I'm also a believer, if you've heard any of my other trainings before, podcasts, et cetera, I am a big believer also in taking massive action, quantum leaps. Typically, I have found, though, that you have to have some real solid trust with yourself to be able to do that. That's just all the years of experience with humans, right? Also, number four, remember your brain is going to pull you back. So how can you allow yourself to get the desired results? And layer your current be like the easiest way to do these baby steps is to layer them onto current behaviors or actions. Maybe you've heard of that before. It's called habit stacking. So how can you create a new habit that you can stack on a current habit? So for example, here's an easy one. This is funny, but this is like really simple. I don't drink coffee anymore right now, but, and I probably will again, but not right now. But when I own my coffee would be, um, I have a French press. If I use my French press or I use my Nespresso, either one while the coffee was either brewing or what have you, I would do push-ups against the counter. So I would do wide, I would do narrow, I would do tricep push-ups, and then I would do squats. So the habit of making my coffee and I have it stacked on some kind of just, you know, whether it was when I use this Nespresso, I think it's a minute and a half, right? And then I would stack on push-ups. So here's something else. Why not? Every time maybe you open social, if you're building a business here, we'll give you an, a business one. Every time you open social, instead of responding to people, open up whatever platform you're using and choose to immediately reach out to five people, make five new connections, stack on the habit of just reaching out and friending people or looking at somebody's profile and making a comment like with five people. Okay. Number five, get support. Coaching is not for every, look, here's the, let me say this again. Not everyone needs therapy, but I believe strongly everyone can use somebody to support them, a mentor, a coach, an accountability person. Number six, remove the obstacles in the way of failure. Look, you know, as well as I do that if your friends are the ones that are like, yay, Mary's going to drink again, probably you want to change relationships. What other obstacles are in the way? Get the food out of your house. If you're trying to lose 25 pounds, don't keep the Halloween candy. Don't go to the bakery. Like what are the obstacles that you consciously know are in the way of creating what you want? Fire some of your clients. Let some people go. 
Number seven, build rewards and built-in rewards and celebrations. Look, some people wait until the big thing is done. I believe when you're really starting to reestablish trust for yourself, reestablish living in your personal boundaries. When you start following through, and this is why the baby steps until you build trust and then do quantum leaps. And I can't wait to help you have massive action. But while you're doing this, you're starting to build confirmation bias that yes, you are someone who follows through. And then anchor that in with rewards. Here's a couple of simple ones that I do when I have a launch or when I follow through on something or um, here, here's an example. Everything's being mapped out for 2022. It's already mapped out. Boom. I'm going to, I like reflexology. Anybody else love reflexology? Like give me a high five out there if you do. So I love, there's um, a brand new place that I found and I'm booking an appointment so I can just go and relax and it's whatever it is, 40 bucks, right? So there's these little things that I like to do. Sometimes I like to just, and once I've accomplished something, it's like a beautiful day out. I'm going to go and I'm going to get a chai latte with oat milk. And maybe I'll drive around for 20 minutes listening to my favorite podcast, just me with the dog on my lap and just being like, ah, I fell a thrill. Okay. So it doesn't have to be these massive things because I also love a big spa weekend. Okay. So, you know, but confirmation bias that yes, you can follow through. What can you put into place? What can you do daily? Number eight is daily. What are you doing daily? Period. You can get so much done in a short time if you're moving towards your goals daily and you have high focus. If you're highly, highly, highly focused and you're not Sally distraction procrastination girl. Number nine, begin to live from the desire. So this is really the core work that I love to do with people. It's really, what is your desire? And how do we change your identity through daily work, mental work, mindset work, different practices, so that you are living from the desire, from the goal, and you're making decisions and you're doing and your actions are from the goal. Let me tell you, it's very easy. I want you to think about it. Here's a concrete example. If you're like, oh, one day I want to lose 25 pounds and then I could hike. Well, live from the goal. Be the woman who starts hiking and then, oh my God, lo and behold, you will have lost the 25 pounds. We're always in this wait and see. Make sure you're out of the wait and see and feel the feeling of what it will be like for you to have attained your desire. And number 10 is stay focused. Look, you got to stop being a squirrel. Your brain is constantly like, will look for the grass is always greener over there. There's a squirrel, do this, do that. And the truth of the matter is until you've truly followed through to get information to see if that plan works, you going and squirreling and looking at the shiny object syndrome, that is your brain distracting you. Your brain is designed to keep you safe and comfortable, even if that looks like doubt or fear. Fear is actually a safer space for your brain than change and newness. When you really start understanding how your brain works or those inner voices that you have, when you understand this, you are empowered. I'm going to help you do this. Um, I have a podcast coming up. It's called, it's um, episode 37. So it's in coming in the future and it's the exact strategy to end your overwhelm so that you no longer will be a squirrel. Okay. So here you go. 
It's perfect timing. I think it's in the beginning of December. So if you're in listening to these in real time, it's sometime in December. So it's good for any time of the year, but golly days, right? I mean, we're very overwhelmed or people say, I'm so overwhelmed with the holidays, but you know, people, hello, the holidays always come. So get over that. Stop that. Um, anyway, the exact strategy to end your overwhelm. This is the strategy that I use and because I choose, first of all, not to be in a state of overwhelm. That's first. And then I have a very specific strategy and methodology so that I do not get into overwhelm. Okay. Listen, remember you deserve to lead a life uncommon. You can do this. Yes, 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 you can. And I know it seems like a big deal. And yes, sometimes you might feel like you're alone, but you're not. There are thousands of us in the lead a life uncommon community and that we're rooting for you. And I'm rooting for you. And I believe in you more than you'll ever know. I know you can do it. I know you can live your desires. I know you can have an uncommon experience of success and in life. Be bold, my friends. You deserve to lead a life uncommon. Talk to you next time. Hey, you've been listening to the Lead a Life Uncommon podcast. I'm here helping you create a life to allow you to do whatever the heck you want to do whenever you want to do it. If you got some value out of this, I'm going to ask you, pop over and give a five-star review. Subscribe and share this with a girlfriend you know is ready to lead a life uncommon herself. And I want to give you a couple of things. Number one is pop over to marybicknell.com slash podcast. I have something called the guide to your hidden thoughts around money and success. You're going to uncover some good stuff there. It's a little workshop I'm giving to you. And another thing I want you to take advantage of is this exercise I did all around connecting with your evolved future self. You're going to love this exercise. It's going to be fantastic. In fact, when you're done, please, please, please go and tag me on Instagram or any of the socials and tell me what you thought. I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say, and I'll chat with you soon. Bye now.